You can be seated this morning. Tell somebody next to you, get ready to be filled. If you aren't already filled, get ready to be filled. Be being filled. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, Mother's Day is next week. Make sure to be in the house of the Lord next Sunday. Is my microphone on? Tell somebody next to you, be in the house of the Lord next week. It's Mother's Day. You want to be here? We have a special illustrated message on Sunday. It's going to be powerful. I would encourage you to be here. I want to, I got to tell you, um, next Sunday is going to be entirely different than anything that you've ever experienced. Okay? So it's going to be good. So you're going to have to make sure that you're here and come ready to receive them from the Lord. It's, I, <laughs> All I can say is it's going to be unusual Sunday in the house of the Lord. So make sure that you're here. That's all I'm going to say about it. We have a special illustrated message. Um, it's funny, you know, when the Lord speaks, he's, you know, he's pretty clear. <laughs> There's, you, you, never, you never have to second guess when the Lord is speaking. And uh, this week, I, I'll just, I'll preface next Sunday with this. And that uh, this week, uh, from from last Sunday to today, I guess I should say, uh, I've I've been given um, four different dreams about Sunday service, and all of them are the same. So I, I want to encourage you. I think the Lord's speaking. <laughs> So I want to encourage you to be here on Sunday, and we'll see what the Lord's going to do. Amen? Uh, I want to continue part two of uh, why I should pray in tongues. I want to continue on in this message. If you didn't get, if you weren't here last week uh, and didn't hear the message last week, I want, I'm going to recap where we left off. But I want to encourage you to get the message. I have, I've heard so many comments this week from people that the Lord's speaking to through this message. And, you know, it's, it's funny because it's nothing new. We haven't, we've taught this, I've taught this multiple times, uh, but I just sense the Lord is, there's a fresh wind blowing. And uh, the Lord's doing something unique and special in this season. And there's, there's um, God's putting his finger on this message for this season. So I believe it's capturing what the Lord's doing. And so I want to make sure that you get that. So last Sunday's message is on our website. By the way, all of our sermons uh, are on our website, ccacron.org. There's a, at the top of the menu that says sermons. You can click on that. The video links are there. The discussion guides are there. Um, so if you want to do personal study, maybe you're in a care group that doesn't do the sermon notes. Um, you're in a care group that maybe does a set curriculum. Um, you can always go on and get those care group discussion guides for personal reflection. They're also posted in Realm. So use all those tools. They're there to help you. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, you can go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read just a couple of verses there, and then I'm going to go over to Isaiah. We're going to go on a journey today again through Scripture. But Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, everybody say they were with one accord. They were with one accord in one place, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. Lord, catch us off guard today. Suddenly moments, Lord. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them... 
divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And if you flip over to Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28, 700 years before Acts 2 took place, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 28, verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. And this is the rest with which you have caused the, re- the weary to rest. And then just flip over to Isaiah 44, Isaiah 44 and verse 3 says, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. You know, it was, it was expected in the New Testament church that praying in tongues, singing in tongues, praying in tongues was part of everyday life. This wasn't anything unusual. It wasn't unusual to walk into a service or into a home group or to a meeting and to hear people praying in the Spirit. This was normal life, singing and praying in the Spirit. And I want it to be normal in your life. I want it to be normal part of your life. If you haven't made the tongues challenge part of your uh, daily experience, I'm, in, I'm challenging everyone to pray in the Spirit for 10 minutes a day. Make it part, not to be a religious thing, but to expand and increase your capacity for the Lord. You know, speaking in tongues is, is not a crazy thing. You know, I... Uh, I've, we've all, how many of you have seen someone go crazy in church, crazy things in church? Raise your hand. You've seen some crazy things in church. I've seen some crazy things in church. But listen, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, people get crazy with the Holy Spirit. They get crazy with the gifts of the Spirit. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we just need to tone it down a little bit. And that, that's kind of like saying, well, because people have diabetes, we shouldn't have chocolate. You know, you just, you got to... You know, it's, it's foolish, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're saying, well, because people go crazy with something that we shouldn't do. Well, name a doctrine that people haven't gone crazy with. There's, we need to teach and experience and teach the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and as we teach, as we dive in, then we'll learn what is goofy, what's weird, and what's not. God doesn't want you to live in goofiness and weirdness, and, and He doesn't want you to be uneducated about the things concerning the Holy Spirit. He wants you to be fully aware and fully understanding about the gifts of the Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and, and He wants you to walk with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Jesus emphasized the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He said, it's to your advantage that I go, that the Holy Spirit might come. This is This is uh, the divine plan all along. This is no surprise, no shocker to the Father. This is the divine plan. This is the plan of God for your life, that you live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And part of that filled life is is receiving this precious prayer language of tongues. And we're going to continue on in that. You know, tongues is... um, Oh, I said it last Sunday at the altar time, and I'll say it again. The tongues is not the Holy Spirit coming and grabbing your tongue. You know, you, you don't you don't come down to the altar. You go into your prayer closet and stick your tongue out. 
and say, okay, Lord, grab my, tickle my tongue. That's not how this works. He's not going to grab your tongue and start jerking it around. The Bible says in Acts 2 that they prayed in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. What that means is, is the Holy Spirit is going to give you the ability. You're gonna, it's going to stir in your belly, not in your head. Uh, there's even science around. They've, they've actually done scientific studies around praying in tongues. And it does not originate in your brain. They've, they've hooked people's brains up to all the machines while they pray in the Spirit. And it doesn't originate in the, in the, uh, in the part of your brain that generates speech. It's not, it's not lighting up your brain. The scientific tests don't light up when, when they start testing your brain. It's you're bypassing your brain when you pray in the Spirit. It's originating in your spirit, man. Your brain, your natural brain is, is not understanding. That's what Paul taught us. It's bypassing this. And some of you need a cranial bypass this morning. Doesn't mean that you doesn't mean that you lose your mental faculties. It doesn't mean that you lose your logic and your reasoning. My logic and my reasoning are inflamed as I pray in tongues. As I bypass this and start here, this gets illuminated, right? So praying in the Spirit is so important, so important. So what the Holy Spirit's going to do is He's going to give you the utterance. Those of you that received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. It starts in your inner man. It starts, the Holy Spirit starts speaking or stirring. Some people describe a stirring. It feels like something stirring in your gut, in your belly, or... Um, He'll start speaking. You'll start hearing what sounds like, you know, I always say baby gibberish, but it sounds like a foreign language. It sounds unusual, and you give vocal tone to that. You'll hear it, and God will use your mouth. You have to open your mouth and use these things right here, your vocal cords, to add vocal tone to what the Holy Spirit is speaking in here. He's doing the work on the inside. You have to do the work with your outside. Does that make sense? God's doing the work on the inside. You give vent, as you know, Catherine Coleman used to talk about giving vent to the Holy Ghost. You got to give vent. You got to open up. You've got this steam pipe right here. And instead of using it for anger and, and all the negativity, use your steam pipe for the fire of the Holy Ghost that's burning on the inside of you. And you give vent and you begin to speak out, begin to pray out that heavenly language. And you, as you do that, it'll start off in Isaiah 28. We read it. It talked about stammering lips. It'll start off, maybe your lips will start quivering or, you know, start off with a syllable. It's like learning a new language. The Holy Spirit's teaching you a new language. It's a heavenly language. It's tongues. And as you do this, there are benefits to praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've been talking about. Now, um, I know that some people have been taught that tongues... Tongues is stop. You know, nowhere in the Bible does it say tongues is stop. So let's just settle that. And the tongues have not stopped. Jesus never said they're going to cease. They're never going to stop. The only instruction that we that Paul gives us about tongue ceasing is when we all get to heaven. That's the only ceasing that we've ever been given. So when we get there, then I suppose we'll. Who knows how we'll communicate with Jesus? Who knows? 
I'm looking forward to finding out. We don't, I don't know how we're going to communicate. I know it's going to be a place filled with love and joy and the goodness of God. I can't wait to get there. But in this life, I've been given a wonderful communication tool with God called tongues. And I want to talk about that today. The other thing I want to settle for you is that when you ask the Father to give you this wonderful gift of tongues, He is not going to give you a devil. Now, I, I understand there are, there are teachings out there. People will say, well, you got to be careful about praying in tongues because that's the devil. It, no, listen, that's not the devil. The devil does not want you to talk to God. Now, he might mimic it. He might try to mock it and mimic it, but he doesn't want you talking to God. The Bible says that if you being evil, Jesus said this, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, then how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts when you ask? So he wants you to have. The Father wants you to have this wonderful prayer language, this wonderful person of the Holy Spirit working in and through your life more than you do. He wants the Holy Spirit to be part of your everyday life more than you. He wants the Holy Spirit to be so much a part of your life that He sent Jesus, that the Word incarnate came. Jesus, the Word made flesh, came and lived and dwelt among us. He died on Calvary's cross. He rose from the grave just so that you and I could experience not just redemption, but the person of the Holy Spirit. That's how much. That's a lot. Tell somebody next to you that's a lot. Now the reason you have conflict, someone here might be saying, well, Jesus died and he rose again to redeem you. Yes, and. He, he died and he rose again to redeem you. But he also said, I'm going to the Father to send the promise of the Father to you. There is so much more than redemption available to you and I. If you'll begin to expand and increase and allow the Lord to expand and increase... In your life, you know, we get comfortable with redemption. You know, the, the idea of salvation, and that's the end of it, that's good. Because, you know, I, I've been saved from myself and all the goofiness and the sin and all the things. But the power of the Holy Spirit is about transformed living. And the, and the problem that we often have is that we don't want to live a transformed life. We like, to, we like to be born again. We like to know, we want our insurance plan to know that we're not going to hell. But beyond that, don't challenge me, Pastor. See, the Holy Spirit will change how you live. He'll change how you talk. He'll change how you walk. He'll change how you interact with others. Okay, good preaching, Pastor. I'm glad you like that. So, let me, let me just keep on rolling here. I'm going to recap where we left off. I'm going to run through... Uh, for those that aren't, weren't here last week, I'm going to run through where we got through. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, uh, the, six, the reasons why we pray in tongues. One, it's a restoration of divine communication. So as we pray in the Spirit, it's a restoration of being able to have communication with the Father in a heavenly language. Two, tongues brings unity and fellowship. 
As we pray in the Spirit, as we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. It brings edification number four. Remember, we talked about how praying in the Spirit assimilates the Word of God into our life. Praying in the Spirit, number five, brings victory over our weakness. Number six, we pray God's will for ourselves. Seven, we intercede for others. By the way, when we pray in the Spirit, we're not talking to the devil. The devil doesn't understand tongues. He's clueless. That's why I, I've, I talk to, you know, when we're doing deliverance and things or dealing with devils, I always tell people, don't pray in the Spirit. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't understand tongues. You talk in your natural language. He's got that. He's got earthly languages down. He doesn't have heavenly languages down. So when you, when you pray in tongues, you're interceding. You're talking to God. It's like Jehoshaphat and, and the choir singing, Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. And the Lord said ambushes. You're, you're talking to God. You're praising Him. You're singing to Him you're in your heavenly language. You're, you're praying and interceding in your heavenly language. And the Lord does the work. The Lord does the work. You're interceding. Number eight, we pray according to the will of God when we pray in tongues. We're not, we're not engaging our natural understanding, our natural wisdom. We're praying according to the will of God. Number nine, we see God working on our behalf. There's a direct connection to praying in the Spirit and being able to see how God is working in your, on your behalf. And we're going to pick up today with number ten, that praying in tongues connects us to the wisdom of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered to the heart of man, all that God, say all, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. Okay, you're tracking, so it's not, you haven't seen it, you haven't heard it, it's not even in your heart, it's not even in your desires, all that God has prepared for you. That's a lot, right? There's more, you haven't even begun to see what God wants to do in your life. You haven't even begun to hear it. Yeah, your ears haven't even heard it, and your desires and your inner man haven't even be, been, begun uh, to conceive what God wants to do in your life. Verse 10 says of that uh, of chapter 2, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we, have, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. So what Paul is teaching here is that, how many of you have heard that scripture? It's not entered into the mind of man. We haven't heard it. We don't have it in our, does that, how many of you have heard that scripture before? Did you understand when you heard that, that it is a direct link to praying in the spirit? We don't have in our natural mind and our 
natural heart and our natural hearing all that God intends. But the Holy Spirit reveals it to us as we pray in tongues. That's what Paul says. It's not revealed through natural wisdom, human wisdom taught by the Spirit. But it's through spiritual thoughts and spiritual words. So as we pray in tongues, God releases in our life supernatural wisdom and revelation so that you and I know all that God has for us. I want you to listen to this. Verse 12 says that now we have received not the spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.12 We have received not the spirit of the world. There's a, there's a prevalent spirit of the world. It's the Antichrist spirit. It's against God. The spirit of the world is against God. It's contrary to the things of God. But you and I have received the spirit who is from God that we may know the things freely given to us by God. This eternal, unchanging God who has a limitless supply, limitless blessing for your life makes known to you and I all that is accessible to us in God. He makes known to us as we pray in the Holy Ghost. As you pray in tongues, God downloads into your life this, this supernatural wisdom, this supernatural insight of what's available to you and I. I can't see it. Your natural eye can't see and perceive what God has for you. Your natural mind can't understand it. Your natural heart, your natural desires can't receive it, can't know it. But as you begin to pray in the Spirit, God aligns your natural, your, your natural sight, your natural heart, your desires. He begins to align those things so that you can begin to receive all that God has for you. That's the power of praying in the Spirit. Even this morning as I'm teaching you, your natural brain might be trying to shut you off, try to shut you down. Like, I don't understand this, Pastor. That is your carnal self. It's your, it's your carnal brain trying to influence you right now. As you pray in the Spirit, as you tune in with your spiritual understanding, praying in tongues, God begins to align the natural with the supernatural. You begin to see things that you can't see and understand things that you can't understand, hear things that you can't hear. It's supernatural. Are you all out there this morning? So God wants to give you supernatural wisdom. There are, there are treasure houses in, in the, or storehouses, if you will, in the wisdom of God. I like treasure. I, I, like, I, like, to, I like the idea of, you know, the, the national, what is it, national treasure, that, the, the movie with Nicholas, is it Nicholas Cage, or he's, uh, he's trying to steal the Declaration of Independence and all. I like the idea of that. I like the idea that there's like a hidden treasure somewhere that I can go and get a, a treasure map, a hit, you know, and follow this invisible ink on the back of the Declaration of Independence and I, I'm going to, you know, I like just the idea of that. I don't want to be like in a ship when it explodes, like all that. I don't like that idea. But I like the idea that there's a hidden treasure for me somewhere. Well, I've got great news for you. There is a, there's a treasure map written in the word of the Lord that's, that's made. You can't understand it in the natural. You'll read this and you'll be like, I don't understand this. It's kind of like. 
But if you take the power of tongues and you begin to, to read through this with the power of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, it's like invisible ink starts appearing. You start saying, is that really in there? That's what that says? And you find this hidden treasure in the Word of God. You find this, oh goodness, you, you start looking at the people around you who used to annoy you and you can't stand those people at church. And why? Why would people even want to go to church and be around people? But you begin to pray in the Spirit, then all of a sudden you look at them different. There's a hidden treasure in those people. There's a, there's a hidden treasure in those people. Isn't that what Jesus said when he told the parable that the man went and sold all that he had to buy the field that had the hidden treasure? All of a sudden the Holy Spirit illuminates things in your life. As you begin to pray in tongues, you see things you didn't see. There's, there are storehouses or treasures in the Lord that you can access as you pray in the Holy Spirit. He begins to download and make accessible to you things that you wouldn't normally see by your natural. The Holy Spirit illuminates. It's kind of like, you know, if you, if you go to, uh, you know, look at a house if you're, if you're in the real estate market and you're looking for a new home, you go to the home and um, it's locked. you got to have the key. And then the realtor has the special lockbox key code and then that unlocks the key to get you into the house. Well, if you want to buy the house, you got to have the realtor to get into the house to unlock the doors, right? And then you get to go in, you look at the house, and you're like, wow, I really like this house. Or no, I really don't like this house, right? The Holy Spirit unlocks the locked house for you and I. There is a storehouse of treasures in the Lord in His wisdom available to you and I. I believe we perceive and we operate so much in this life based on natural wisdom and natural insight, but the Lord has so much more available to you and I that is far surpassing what we see and understand in this natural life. Think about how many decisions do you make in a day. Think about how much information you process in a day. And how much of it do you actually pause and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me about this. How much of the decisions you're making and how much of nah, I'm not talking about what clothes you're going to put on in the morning or whether or not to brush your teeth. <laughs> put clothes on and brush your teeth. And if you're super spiritual, put on your deodorant and make your, you know, look good, smell good, right? But that's not what I'm talking about. But how many decisions, how you interact with people around you, the places that you go, and while you're there, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you while you're in those environments. Lord, speak to me. What are you saying in the moment for people that are around me right now? You know, we have a hard time even doing that at church. We come into church and we think church is all about us and making us feel good and, you know, singing the right songs or whatever. But when you walk in the doors, when you get here or before you walk in the doors, do you take the time to say, Lord, I want to be with you in this moment. Who, who's here in this room that needs an encouragement from the Lord? Who is it that you've put and crossed my path with today that I can build up, that I can edify, that I can encourage, that I can bless, I can give money to or sow into their life and encourage them now don't shout me down when i'm telling you the truth come on now so there is a storehouse of wisdom available to you and i and the lord as we pray in the holy spirit those things become unlocked 
Number 11, tongues is a sign to the unbelieving non-Christian world. Now this is, this is uh, opposite of what you hear in most churches today. But first, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. I don't care what church says. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14 says this. In the law it is written, by men of a strange tongues and by the lips of strangers, I will speak to this people. And even so, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. <laughs> So then, tongues are for a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. There it is, right there in the Bible. Signs is a tongue for the unbelievers. But prophecy is for a sign not to unbelievers, but those who believe. We flip that. We often think that, that, that when I've actually had pastors tell me, actually tell me, we don't allow people to pray in the Spirit when we have unbelievers in the service. I've, 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 I've had that. I've, Spirit-filled. Assembly of God pastors, tell me that. And I, so, I, you, know, my, I, I, you know me, I have to poke the bear a little bit. So, so I say things like, well, do you have ushers at the door telling you when unbelievers walk in? Do you have a code blue, code blue, unbeliever in the room, shut down every tongue. Well, how do you manage that? Like, how do you, <laughs> like, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Some of the things we come up with. Tongues is a sign for the unbelievers. Think about what happened on the day of Pentecost. Look at all the unbelievers that came to you. 3,000 were born again on the day of Pentecost. So if that's how people are... are <laughs> if that's how people get born again, my goodness, we better be praying in tongues a lot. <laughs> that's how it works. See, the, the problem is, is we put more... Uh, we, we put more stock in the preacher and the cunning words and the crafty wisdom of man than we do in the sovereignty and the supernatural strength of the Lord. When they heard them pray in tongues, that got their attention. That got their attention. You say, well, Peter preached. He sure did. He sure did. After the mess, he, he got up and he preached in response to what was happening in the moment. It was a spontaneous sermon. It wasn't a prepared teaching. It was a spontaneous... Matter of fact, if you go in and you read Acts 2, when he stood up and he preached, he spoke. The word that's used in the Greek means elevated. It's a, it's a, pro it's a prophecy. It's the word for prophecy. He got up and he prophesied in the moment. We know, of course, from Joel 2, he took the scripture from Joel 2, and he was prophesying about what was happening and transpiring in the moment. So that, my friend, is church. That's a sign to the unbeliever. Tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. We don't shut it down or put it in the back room. We practice it. There's, this world is looking for a supernatural experience. 
This world is full of occultic practices and, and movies and TV shows and all of the things, games, video games, that are all centered around this supernatural experience. But praying in tongues is a real supernatural experience that everyone's looking for. So we pray in the Spirit because it is a sign to the unbelievers. Number 12, it's therapeutic. One of the greatest ways, the greatest therapy for your soul, I believe in counseling and mental health and all those things, but praying in tongues supersedes it always. It is praying in the tongues. There's, we need all of it, but, but praying in the Spirit is like therapy. It's like climbing up on the therapist's couch. And just laying in the presence of the Lord and let him bring therapy to your soul. That's what Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah 28. He said, this is the rest. This is the rest with which you've promised the weary. He said, by praying in, the, praying in tongues, praying in this heavenly language, it's rest for your soul. It's rest for your mind. It, it, it takes you from where you're at. It's like getting on, on a cruise boat out in the middle of the ocean. As you pray in the Spirit, you're getting out on the cruise ship and setting sail into the things of the Lord, out into the deep waters. He takes you from your mess and your issues and the torments and all of the things, and He begins to heal your soul. He begins to refresh your soul. You know, I don't know about you, but we all face things in this life that drain us, that exhaust us. Hello? <laughs> we all face things in this life, whether it's dealing with your children at 7 a.m. because they don't want to get out of bed, and you just keep saying, get out of bed and get your clothes on, and you just feel like you're beating your head against the wall. Why aren't you getting out of bed? Or you're dealing with the crazy spouse that you feel like they're not ever hearing you. Or you're dealing with the crazy neighbor who's yelling at you and calling the fire department on you. Or you, whatever the case is, right? Pray in the Spirit. It's like therapy for your soul. Just getting into the presence of the Lord and letting Him carry you away into the deep places of His presence. It bypasses your, your natural. Remember, we talked about this. Praying in the Spirit bypasses your natural understanding. So, so what you see and what you experience in the natural is draining of your natural body, draining of your natural soul, draining of your natural senses. But by praying in your spirit, your spirit man, by praying in tongues, by praying in the spirit, you can edify, build up, refresh, renew, thera therapize. There's a word for you. You can, you can therapize your, your, uh, your natural man. Your spirit man is built up and, and your outer man is therapized. You, God gets the glory, you get the joy. God gets, you get happified. God gets glorified, right? As you begin to pray in the Spirit, that's what happens. You're unlocking that supernatural joy, supernatural rest in your life. Number 13, praying in the Spirit brings the anointing. Zechariah 4, 6 says, It's not by might, not by my power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's the working of God in your life. As you pray in the Spirit, the anointing flows in your life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. I love this. We, 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 know, we know this passage. You've probably quoted it. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith which, which, with which you'll be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Right? Yeah, we talk about, we like the armor. Keep reading. Keep reading. All that was through 17. Let's go verse 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. So praying in the Spirit is directly connected to our spiritual warfare, our spiritual armor. Praying in the Spirit. We're interceding with God. We're interceding with Him. That's what it says. With prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So praying in the Spirit, interceding in the Spirit is where warfare comes into. You know, if, you're, if you want to know where warfare comes in. Here's, here's where warfare comes in. You're interceding, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in tongues, you're interceding and it has a direct link to, to warfare. That's, that is where the inter, you intercede, God does the war. Isn't that good to know? He'll, what happens is you begin to pray in the Spirit. He'll show you things to intercede for. He'll show you uh, situations to intercede for. And as you do that, as you intercede, as you pray, the anointing that breaks every yoke is released. That's good preaching. That's good news. That I don't have to try to break it down, tear it down, storm the gate, do the, all the things. I just got to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the anointing is released. God does the work. The power of God's released. And every stronghold, every bondage is broken. Just by praying in the Holy Spirit. It's good stuff. I'm aware of the time, so I'm going to hurry up. Because I don't want to keep, I, I want to give you all the things. 14, that by praying in the Spirit, it opens the door to the supernatural world. You want to know what's out there in the things of the Lord? Pray in tongues. Here's what Acts 22, I love this. I love this example from, from the New Testament about praying in the Spirit and what God opens up. There's two, there are two that I always go to for this, and I'm going to give you both of them. Acts 22, verse 17, it says, It happened. Everybody say, It happened. Paul said, It happened when I returned to Jerusalem that I was praying in the temple. And what happened? I fell into a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Make haste. And get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another, I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So while Paul was praying in the Spirit, he, he went into a trance, and God spoke to him as from this trance about his call to minister to the Gentile nation. That's pretty powerful. So as you, as you pray in the Spirit, the Lord will take you into places and show you things that you wouldn't see otherwise. He'll take you, show you dreams and visions, and, and speak to you 
Uh, maybe even in, in night, he'll wake you up praying in the Spirit and show you dreams and visions uh, about what to pray for. So praying in the Spirit opens up this supernatural world. Revelation 1.10 is another great example. The whole book of Revelation, the whole revelation of Jesus and in the book of Revelation came and started with verse 10 of Revelation 1. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Wow. And Revelation was written by being in the Spirit. But just pray in tongues a little bit and see what the Lord's going to show you. He could download, if he could download Revelation to John as he was in the Spirit, what can he do in your life? If you look at the power of praying in the Spirit, if you go all the way back to Acts and you, and you go through Acts and some of the progression of the New Testament church, thousands were born again in Acts 2, baptized in water, became part of the church. Acts 3, the lame man was healed. The building was shaken in Acts 4, and they all received the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. And then you had Ananias and Sapphira that died because they lied to the Holy Spirit. And then Stephen was working signs and wonders by the Holy Spirit as he was ministering and serving the tables. Philip was translated. He was taken from one place to another by the Holy Spirit. Peter was at Cornelius' house, and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on all of those while he was preaching. The angels brought the apostles out of prison. Demons were being cast out. That sounds like church to me. Power of praying in tongues. This world, this supernatural world, opens up as we pray in tongues. Acts 15, sorry, number 15. The ministry of Jesus is continued as we pray in tongues. The ministry of Jesus is continued in our lives as we pray in the Spirit. In Acts 2.33, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he's preaching and he says... Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He, who's he? Jesus. Jesus poured out this which you now see and hear. This is the ministry of Jesus. Praying in the Holy Spirit is linking up with Jesus. That's powerful. This, this isn't competing voices. Jesus is working in you as you pray in the Holy Ghost. In Acts 1-4, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Don't leave, but wait. We read it a couple weeks ago, Luke 24-49. Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, and you will be endued with power from on high. In John 14, 16, Jesus told his disciples that I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. I will give you an allos paracletos, another helper, that he may abide with you forever. In verse 12 of the same chapter, Jesus said to them that the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these because I go to the Father. <clears throat> There's a direct connection to praying in the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus in your life and through your life. <clears throat> in John 16, in verse 7, 
He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So the helper has come. The helper has come. And he wants to fill your life. He wants to saturate your life. That the work of Jesus can continue in and through you. Number 16. And I'll wrap up with this. Number 16. We pray as we pray in the Spirit. It affects our tongue, which affects the direction of our life. As we pray in the Holy Ghost, it, it changes our tongue. It changes what we say. changes how we speak, which changes the direction of our life. If you don't like the direction your life is going, pray in the Spirit. If you don't like how things are going on in your life, pray in the Spirit. If you have a tendency to always talk negatively, pray in the Spirit. If you need the way you talk to change, pray in the Spirit. James chapter 3 says, If we put bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. They are so great and are driven by strong winds, but are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. You can put bits in the horse's mouth, steer a ship with a small rudder, and set a forest ablaze with a small spark. What can your tongue do? The Bible tells us that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. And life is produced in and through your life. As you begin to pray in the Spirit, you're releasing. Just, just as the bits control the direction of the horse, just as the rudder on the ship directs the course of the ship, just like the, the forest set ablaze with a spark, Praying in tongues directs the course of your life and sets your life ablaze. Sets your life ablaze. So praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit on a regular basis every day. This is not just a one-time occurrence. This isn't just a one-time thing. It's not just one and done. This is a lifestyle. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You've been given divine communication. You've been given the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been given uh, just this incredible gift that will direct the course of your life, that will change the course of people around you's life. Pray in tongues a lot, a lot. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Can we give Jesus praise? Come on, give Jesus Come on, just praise Him and thank Him for the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. We're going we're gonna to end the same as we've ended every Sunday as we've been talking about this. We're gonna, I'm just going to open up the altars. I'm going to invite you to get out of where you're standing and just join us around the front. If you need to sit in the front rows, that's fine. But we're just going to come together. We're going to take time 
intentional time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Come join me around the front. If you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that's fine. You come as well. Today's just as good a day as any to receive. As you're standing there, as you're worshiping, as you're standing there, as you're worshiping, the Lord can fill you. He can saturate you.